This is Central Coast Public Radio KCBX. I'm Benjamin Perper. As we heard last week on In the Vines, the Central Coast city of Paso Robles is becoming a major destination for people who want to experience California wine. Much of Highway 101 through this area is now lined by vineyards spanning hundreds of acres. This week, we'll take a tour down the 101, visiting vineyards and wineries of different sizes to find out what ingredients go into this booming industry, not just in Paso Robles, but across the Central Coast. I'm Benjamin Perper, and this is In the Vines, a podcast about Paso Robles wine country. There is an exit off of Highway 101 in Paso Robles that leads to a central artery of the city's wine industry, Highway 46. The east-west highway is now lined with vineyards and wineries of all different sizes that have sprung up here since the 1990s, from large-scale operations to small, boutique winemakers who make just a few hundred bottles a year. One mid-sized vineyard and winery along this highway is Vina Robles. There, I met CEO Kurt Ammon, who's worked in the wine industry across California, from Napa Valley to Santa Barbara County, and now to Paso Robles. You hear that spray come on? That's emitting moisture that reduces the amount of evaporation. I met Ammon in the barrel room at Vina Robles. The room is lined with wooden barrels full of aging red wine. Ammon says the humidifying spray in the background here is playing a crucial role in the aging process. It preserves the temperature and humidity in this room. And the air in the barrel room isn't just humid. There's also a rich, sweet smell in the air of wood and grapes. The smell that you smell is uh, a combination of uh, French oak, American oak, and Hungarian oak, uh, and then wine as well. Vina Robles produces about 40,000 cases a year from its six Paso Robles vineyards, with wines ranging from Cabernets to Petit Syrahs to Merlots. The company ships to almost 40 states, as well as internationally, to countries like Japan and Switzerland. Aging is a crucial part of winemaking, but most of the work here happens a little bit further back in the winery, in a noisy room full of forklifts and busy workers. Back here, staff are busy sorting, packing, and stacking bottles for distribution. Ammon says this is a difficult but necessary part of the winemaking process. I've worked production before. It's a hard job. Much of what the winery does is automated, but Ammon says it's important this process is done by hand. They're going to bottle about 45 pallets of wine today. They're going to do this for seven hours. Really hard work really, really important work. Bottling is a crucial step in the process, even for winemakers who have no acres, no automation, and no employees, just a backyard. We'll find one example of that further south of Paso Robles on the 101, on the patio at Mike Ferri's house in Atascadero. So this is what we bottled today. Ferri is a home winemaker, and he went through the bottling process today with some help from fellow members of Wines and Steins. It's a home winemaking club in North San Luis Obispo County, that provides mentoring, equipment, and seeds to help other hobbyists produce beer, wine, or spirits at home. Today, he and a few other club members bottled the red wines like Tempranillo and Pinot Noirs he produced this year. He says hobbyists are part of an informal network of people, including retirees and Cal Poly Viticulture graduates, who are devoted to winemaking. And they know that they can call on one another for help. Now we look for people to, I look for people to contact Wines and Steins and say, hey, we've got grapes here that we can't sell. You want to you come pick them? 
Free says people can request to use equipment Wines and Steins has reserved as long as they complete a training on how to use it properly. That allows people trying to get into home winemaking to have the mentoring and equipment they need to get started. And that's yours to use. You, you make going on the internet and you schedule it and um, go and pick it up and it works pretty slick. This phenomenon of people making wine in their backyards or garages is increasingly popular on the Central Coast. According to Wines Vines Analytics, the number of limited production wineries, meaning less than 1,000 cases produced, has grown by 79% on the Central Coast since 2010. The economic impact of home winemakers might seem small, but Faree says they often go on to become commercial winemakers in this area. We've had a lot of people that start out and will get bonded in and they, they can sell it commercially and uh, kind of a natural progression for people. I'm too old to do that. Our final stop down Highway 101 is another wine region, this time in neighboring Santa Barbara County, the Almarosa Winery and Vineyard in the Santa Rita Hills. So this is our uh, Pinot Gris from La Encantada Vineyard. Samra Morris is Almarosa's head winemaker. She grew up in Bosnia, Herzegovina, then worked in the Napa Valley wine scene after moving to the U.S. Now she works on the Central Coast in the small wine-growing district of the Santa Rita Hills near Buellton. Mora says the climate and soil here make for unique wines with a distinct sense of place. They have that beautiful acid, beautiful min minerality that our soils give us that we can capture and have a beautiful long growing season and uh, our wines capture that complexity but also has a really nice brightness in it. This area is a lot cooler than Paso Robles. Wine grapes are so sensitive to differences in temperature and soil that the varietals grown here are slightly different than in North Slow County, even though they're just a few hours away from each other. The climate may be different, but winemakers in the two regions have similar aspirations. They want this area to be recognized as a major California wine destination. It's on its way, but neither Paso Robles nor the Santa Ynez Valley attract the same attention as places like Napa or Sonoma. Morris says she hopes that will change. I love it. I love the region. It's uh, Santa Rita Hills is a small region, but I hope more and more we will be more famous and on the map, and I'm excited to be part of the winemakers to show that. Wineries throughout the Central Coast are banking on this increased recognition as wine hubs, because with that comes a full industry that brings restaurants and hotels along with it. It also creates a music scene. Back at our first stop in Vina Robles, Kurt Ammon appreciates the strong link between music and wine. What's the old saying, like, music soothes the savage beast? Uh, music is good for people. We're out now at the Vina Robles Amphitheater, on the same grounds as the company's tasting room. It's a major concert venue on the Central Coast, which regularly hosts big artists on their way between San Francisco and Los Angeles. This year's season includes classics like Willie Nelson and younger musicians like Phoebe Bridgers, artists that may have never come through here 20 years ago. There really wasn't a area that was going to capture bands that were part of current, you know, music culture. Ammon says this venue isn't massive, like the Hollywood Bowl or Greek Theater in Los Angeles. But still, this year, tens of thousands of people will come to the amphitheater for music and drinks. That 70 or 80,000 people, whatever percentage chooses to have wine, are getting a chance to try our wines. Those thousands of people are just one portion of all the visitors that come through town every year. As the wine tourism industry transforms the Central Coast, cities like Paso Robles are benefiting in many ways. But what happens when a region relies on an economy based solely on one industry? For people who live in Paso Robles, it could have many implications, from housing to labor to economic security. Next week, we'll hear about some of the challenges Paso's wine-heavy economy is creating for the town, both now and in the future. 
That's next time on In the Vines from Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. Our theme music is from the album Taste of the Valley by Central Coast musician Jonathan Fiery. This piece was produced with assistance from the Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps, funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. And full disclosure, Vina Robles is a KCBX underwriter. I'm Benjamin Perper, and this is In the Vines from Central Coast Public Radio KCBX. (laughs) 